All right. So we are talking about faith and episode 14 of season one, book one of Avatar Last Airbender, The Fortune Teller. So uh, what we've got is per usual, we've got these definitions in, in light of the difficulty of this lens and the vast, vastly different connotations of the word. I pulled in uh, at least two definitions for us to, to muddle over. Um, and then we can dive into the quotes after that. But I wanted to bring this to you all to see where we where we stand on reading Cambridge and Merriam-Webster's version of what faith's definition is. Uh, so I'll give you a moment to peruse these definitions and let us know if anything is surprising or stands out or is worth noting for the group. I think I like Merriam-Webster's de definitions more. Um, I don't know, like Cambridge's just seem like very specific. Um, like strong belief in God or gods. I feel like that, I mean, it, it includes that, but I feel like that's kind of, um, it, it's not necessarily limited to that. Um, and then the belief that something is, some, someone or something is good, right, and able to be trusted. Something about the phrasing, I don't know. Is, I don't know. I just don't vibe with the phrasing for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I don't think inherently when I think of faith that I think it is something good and right, right? I typically think trusted, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's morally correct or ethical or it's just typically that i believe that something is going to happen a specific way or that someone is going to do something a specific way and i don't even know if it's strong with strong conviction either like now that i think about it like i think about when i i don't know why it comes to mind and probably because i spent a, an entire day playing games with ben yesterday and, and other people uh, but like I, I in my head, I think of strategy and like the term of like, I trust that this is going to happen or I trust that this is going to play out this way. Um, and then when it doesn't, I go, oh, OK, like it wasn't that strong of a conviction to believe in. But like I had faith that it seems like a much broader term than than what we have here. It's also interesting to me that there's no mention of um, proof, because to me, faith usually involves like a lack of proof for example i trust science but i wouldn't say i have faith in science because my trust in science is based on like reason and logic if that makes sense that's strange because i think I, I think i disagree i think um i think yes typically i think typically when we think of like religious faith um that, that we think of an absence of 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 some form of proof um, but I think I have faith based off of like anecdotal evidence or um, even data, right? Uh, we were talking, as we were talking baseball earlier, uh, something that takes place in baseball a lot is uh, defensive shifts, which are very risky things to do. Um, but they, and it's where you, you organize the defense in a very specific way based off of, like, uh, based off of data of a specific hitter. And so you might see an entire defense shift to the left or right side of the field because they have faith that the ball is going to be hit there, but that is based off of loads and loads of data. Um, so I think it's a yes and, not necessarily like uh, an either or. Yeah, I would just call that like trust and like probability, you know? 
that's a good question, man. I was actually that was in my head. I was way to way to write that down. Thanks. Yeah, I, I mean, I so I lift that up, but not as a like prompt for you all to answer, but more as a this is a live question that I think we're going to be wrestling with throughout the whole time we ever talk about this ever. Um, so <laughs> I, I think that this is a, what is the difference between faith and trust? And if we aren't operating on the same definition, there's going to be miscommunication, which is, I think part of the issue um, whenever we end up talking about faith and uh, leaning into uh, what inevitably turns into judgment around trust and faith um, in others. And so I, I think having a clearer idea of what the difference is, um, might be helpful here. Um, and I, I don't have an answer, but I, I, I think that we might shut down a lot of problems if we could answer it very well. <laughs> Any other, uh, things worth noting in this definition? rather these definitions. So I'm hearing just as a kind of a recap that we are unclear as to, uh, we might be clear on our own, but as a group, we are unclear um, what the difference between faith and trust is. And so maybe we can learn and explore and nuance this as we, as we move forward. Um, so let's lean into some quotes to potentially help us do that. Uh, you, you will notice that I had to pull one since, you know, Brene Brown defines it in the gifts of perfection and we're currently going through it. So I, I had to pull it in. Um, but this is Brene's definition on top of three other quotes. And again, Brene is not necessarily gospel, but <clears throat> take that how you will. Explore these quotes however you'd like. I'm curious what is bubbling to the surface for, for you all as you engage with these. Uh, the Madeline Lengel one, you know, makes you, makes you think. It's, it's like one of those like reversals of something that like we do know, like uh, some things have to be seen to be believed, but um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I like it. Um, yeah, it feels. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like it, it, I like that phrasing. I feel like it's very simple, yet it sort of conveys yeah. a lot of what a lot of them say in a very like concise way. That quote almost rings true to me in the sense uh, our rings and similarity to Iroh's if you look for the light you'll eventually find it if you seek the dark that's all you'll ever see that the belief in the mindset has to come first sometimes and I think that that's that is very true um but that's that gives me a little bit of of that vibe um when when reading it do we know if that is from a wrinkle in time is that uh, I'm not precisely sure from where the quote is, but perhaps <clears throat> she's written other things. What? Yeah, it it also makes me think of now that I think about and 
after um, Sunshine mentioned, it also makes me think of things like, you know, Peter Pan was like the um, fairy dust and um, the Matrix. You know, he's uh, when when Morpheus says he's he's starting to believe. It feels very Narnia-ish to me as well. What? Narnia. Narnia. Okay. I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> it's just the accent. Talk about a book series I've never read. I should do that. I feel like Ben's <laughs> judging me on what? not doing it. Hey, I just read his Dark Materials for the first time like a year ago. Cut me some slack. Oh, yeah, I actually did the same uh, with his Dark Materials, so no judgment there. Uh, I have less judgment about his Dark Materials. Like, that is less classic than the Chronicles. I watched yeah. the old BBC Nar like television special of Narnia because uh, I could rent it from my church as an eight-year-old. So I watched... I That I watched... Along with, like, <laughs> along with like like uh, focus on the family stuff um, as a child. Ooh. We're deconstructing a lot in my life. Yeah. Did you listen to the focus on the family, the live action one, or like the where they narrate it and act it out? Yeah, like the the cassette tapes that you could yes. put on while going to bed. Yep, did yeah. did that. Um. Then there was like a Max and Me one where it was like a little cartoon drawing of a guy that came to life. I, and VeggieTales. VeggieTales was also a thing. Fun fact, uh, all fruits in that show. Lots of fruits, actually. Not a lot of vegetables, weirdly enough. I would like to point out that fruit is a scientific category, whereas vegetable is a culinary category. So there's a lot of overlap between them. So... I feel very strongly about this and I could talk more, but I don't think that's the point of this episode. <laughs> I, I, I've learned a lot already. That's, yeah, wow. I feel like the more I learn about the whole fruit vegetable thing, the more I like, I lose, I don't know, I lose trust in oh. everything I've learned. Oh. I, I was about, to, I was going to try and say faith, but it didn't feel like the right fit, you know? Yeah, no. <laughs> I love that differentiation. I'm interested to piece out why we choose, which word we choose. So one of the things that I am thinking about based off my reading um, for school this past week is <clears throat> we had the luxury of discussing sin this past week. That was all of our readings were around sin and where it comes from and why it exists, which was somewhat traumatizing, but also I am over it. Uh, but one of the things that we talked about was structural sin, which is essentially, you know, racism. <laughs> and uh, that was the main example that was provided. And the article slash essay that I read was uh, somebody who interviewed a bunch of evangelical Christians in the United States who uh they were asked the question, is racism a problem? Do you see a problem with racism in the United States? And it, the answers varied uh, in different, uh, different ways of saying, no, it's not a problem. 
And I find it really interesting to think about it that way, because then it leaned in, okay, well, what, what, what happens when this, what does that mean? And it is rooted in their like belief system that we are there that, which is individualistic. And so when we are focused on the individual and everything is a response to the individual's actions rather than systemic problems, right? What happens is they're like, they can't see, like they don't even recognize and notice that a system exists. And so I find it really interesting to think about this Madeline Wengel quote, because some things have to be believed in order to be seen. And uh, I'm sitting here in the crux of this conversation where we will be talking about faith, but also talking about things that are going to be beliefs that can be lead to harmful action, right? That I think we're going to talk about in this episode. And I, I find that that is a, a faith, a tenet of their faith that has led to harmful action or rather lack of action, right? And so I'm interested in parsing out why and what needs to be believed, right? Uh, And how do we navigate um, when faith is um, a positive influence and when it is not, whether that be in, you know, Christianity or, you know, faith in humankind and humanity, faith in whatever it might be for anybody. But I'm, I'm keenly interested in when faith becomes problematic. Uh, where is the line? And then how do we navigate that line? That, that is a very live question I'm interested in exploring today that that quote lifts up for me as well. Just because uh, we had an uh, interesting um not feeling great about the definitions that were provided above. How does Brene Brown's definition fit for you all in terms of where it lives in your connotative understanding? That's the one I like the most. Um, I'm pretty sure I underlined it when I read it in the book. Um, But yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite one. It's, it's one of those quotes where I feel like Brene Brown has a bunch of those kinds of quotes where I like read it. I'm like, okay, I, I understand it. But at the same time, I feel like I'm only understanding like a fraction of it or like a mm-hmm. service level part of it where it probably like has many different layers that like I just can't conceptualize. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel like there there are very rarely certainties, like absolute certainties. And so I think that in that same definition, almost anything that has a, a gap in certainty can be considered faith. Um, as as we ask the question, is there a difference between faith and trust, and can they be used interchangeably? Um, my very quick Google search, I pulled up like maybe the first five articles that popped up all had a theme of spirituality being the difference between trust and faith. And so it almost just being an interchange of words based off of um, if it is, has to do with a spiritualness about it, which is also super vague because like we're treating avatar as spiritual, right? Like we're, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that faith. To, like, what is the definition of spiritual? 
Correct. Because well, it's like, because can baseball be spiritual? Can science be spiritual? Right. Like, can you lose yourself into those things? And so it's a, it, it's, there's, I'm not getting a definite answer. And that's, God, life sucks sometimes when, <laughs> when that's what happens. But yeah, sometimes we just need faith. I, I struggle with this episode. Let's talk about it. I, I'm very much Sokka throughout this episode. Oh my God, same. It's so frustrating. <laughs> um, all right. I'm, I'm hearing that we're ready. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that, I mean, I, never mind. I was going to go on a rant, but I already did it on the podcast. So I'm going to skip it. So <laughs> um, we have, uh, these are all my notes. So I'm just going to skip down so you don't have to necessarily read those, but um Let's do it. We're diving in. What did we notice? What what moments in this episode pulled us towards wanting to learn more about this lens of faith? I feel like I can really empathize with um, Katara's sort of latching onto faith in this episode, especially when it comes to finding love. Um, cause you know, after jet, I feel like she's got to think twice before she gives her heart away. Um, I mean, she, she can now know all the games that he plays. She's not really going to play them too. Um, but with that whole situation with the jet, I think that love went down without devotion. Um, and it takes a strong woman, but she showed him the door. And I think going forward, she's just got to have faith. She's just got to have faith. That, that was the George Michael reference. I, I, I wasn't sure if that was apparent, but that was it. Oh, it clicked for me. It clicked for me. Because if it didn't, it, it would just sound like I'm being very, I don't know, weirdly loquacious. I think that brings up an interesting point or a theme that we see through this episode about how a lot of the people or the townsfolk that go to the fortune teller are all inquiring about love, right? So there's the um, the guy who's wearing the red shoes every single day because she told him if you're wearing red shoes, you will meet, you know, your partner. And there's the girl who says she'll get the rare flower right from the top of the volcano. And then there's, um, oh, what's her face with the pigtails? So great. That's in love with Aang from the minute he walks in the door with his big ears because she was told she would have someone with a big, you know, someone with big ears was going to be her love. But there's, there seems to be that there's less of an emphasis on, other than the cloud reading, things outside of love. Did anyone else kind of follow with that where love was the main maybe point of going to the the fortune teller or what people were seeking from her most and then the cloud reading was kind of second in that the only thing that stands out is her fortune with ang right where this bone reading turns into a i don't want to I, I didn't see anything to do with love actually i was so focused on the fact that you're about to save the world um so I think that's that is the outlier. But he didn't go to her for that, is what I was pointing out. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then 
But yes, absolutely. And I think bringing uh, Ben's point to view that she was really excited to have such a like important fortune to be told, right? Like I think that was something different than what she normally had, right? With people asking about love or asking about, you know, is the volcano going to erupt with the cloud ratings? So I think that was a really special moment for her and for him to be like, yeah, yeah, I know that. But what about love? And she's just like, what? Because <laughs> she didn't know who he was, which I think, or I wonder if she had known that he was the avatar, if she would have done that reading and then been like, oh yeah, but you're the avatar. So this kind of tracks with your past lives that this is what's going to happen. Also look at the state of, you know, the four nations right now. This is a weird side tangent, so go with me because I, I think it plays, but I, I mean, it's more of a prompt for a question. Um, do acts of um, wearing red shoes every single day because you're told that, like, that's how you're going to find your love or um, big ears or like, like if it, I feel a lot of in a I feel a lot of anxious, anxious attachment theory, like theories going on, like attachment styles, because. And I wonder if that points to a lack of faith that like, if you were in a more secure place, would you just wear red shoes when you want to wear red shoes? And then if it happens, it happens versus like this um, over neediness to, to be in love and to find love and to fall in love and like that become everything that you do. Um, that's just a question I have. And I don't necessarily, if, if we want to answer it, that's fine, but that's not where my my headspace was at for this. But what is, even with love, I think my biggest theme that I watched this episode with is that faith without action is meaningless, right? Because um, we get so many moments of that uh, throughout this episode. And even through the lens of faith and love, love is something to be cultivated and to be nurtured and to grow. Like, it's not just something that's going to fall into your lap. So even in that sense, like love and faith that you will find love uh, still requires action and self-work and things um, to make that happen. Now, I think faith can be used in a very calming sense, like uh, like being told like your village isn't going to burn down, right? And if you make an intentional choice to be calm, I think that is action. Like I think you are choosing an action of being calm, but I think that faith requires action for it to be successful, either personally or on a social level. And that's the big kind of overarching theme for me everywhere in this episode. And it is so frustrating when people don't do that. So that lifted up several things that I want to potentially talk about. Oh, for sure. Let's. Um, your first question I thought was interesting um, is relying on fortune telling or uh, having an anxious attachment style. Um, and then doing what you believe in response to that, a lack of faith. Um, and I, I think it begs the question of the lack of faith in what? Um, because what are we having faith in? That things, do we have faith that like everything will turn out right in the end? Do we have a faith that, you know, is it a faith in Aunt Wu? Is it a faith in... Like, I, I think that matters. And I, it, so I, I'm, I'm in response to your question. I asked that question um, and wonder if it clarifies. I think it does. Cause I think for me, it's uh, there. Are, 
false binaries are not a way to go, but I do think sometimes that we put faith in other things because we don't have faith in ourselves. Um, which I don't think is a, that is not an always thing. And that is not a never thing or it's, but I think we do that sometimes as people. And so I wonder if faith, like extra faith in, in Aunt Wu can, can point to a lack of faith in ourselves and our capabilities of being enough and being able to accomplish things without those other things, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about other people's thoughts on that. I have, I have thoughts, but I'm, I want to give people time to process that question. So I have another question thinking about faith and trust. When you're in love or thinking of the characteristic of love, are you having faith in that person that they love you or is it trust in that person that they love you or is it both, right? Because love is shown by action. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to, for again, if <laughs> like, and this is why I think this is so complicated because it's like, we have to really parse out like, what is, what is the faith in? Is it faith in the other person? Is it faith in that it will go right? And is it some, is it something outside of the relationship that is uh, above and beyond? Is it the thing that is connecting us? Right? Because if we go back to this quote here, faith is a, place of mystery, blah, 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 where we find the courage to believe in what we cannot see and the strength to let go of uncertainty. If that is the case, I think that it is faith, right? In the, in, in when, whether I, whether someone loves me is something that I have no control over. It requires immense courage because I don't know that I can see it. And even when I can see it, I can't see the intangibility that love is, I can only see a small fraction of it when someone puts an action to it. Right. And so I, by this definition, I would suggest that that, that would suggest it's faith. Um, how, what is, what is that? I, others, other thoughts. <laughs> okay. So with the, I actually, I, I think Maggie's question has helped me kind of figure out how I, you know, compare the two. I think I see trust as more of a, a grounded thing. And I see faith as um, more of a, I, I had the word for it before, but I'm losing it now. It's, it's more uncertain. So within a relationship, I think the relationship is built on trust. You know, you trust in the other people, person. You don't necessarily, like when it comes to, um, you know, like, you wouldn't say that like, oh, I have like, I have faith that you are telling me the truth about something because I feel like trust is something that like based on your um, behavior and the way that we interact and like how open we are with each other. Um, I trust that you are telling the truth. Faith, I feel like is a little bit more like, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm sort of hoping not necessarily to uh, a higher power, but it's more of like a, I'm, I'm 
I'm introducing some sort of third party into this relationship where it's it's not just about me and you. Uh, if that if that makes any sense. Um, and then on the flip side with faith, you could say like say like there's something regarding like the future of the relationship relationship say like it's becoming long distance you might say like i have faith that we can work things out and like it'll it'll be that we can still maintain this relationship over long distance because things are more uncertain and even though it's just us two in the relationship there is like an external element that could play it like form an obstacle that is out of our control. I I don't know if any of that made sense, but I don't know. That's just giving people time to process. Um, I am drawing on a math example, <clears throat> which is sometimes helpful, but usually outside of the realm of what I can offer. Um, but thinking about squares and rectangles when it comes to um, faith and trust. Uh, a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. I, I wonder if this is true for faith and trust where faith perhaps is a square and rectangle is trust and faith just is a little square that is also a rectangle, but it's really just a square. Um, I'm, I'm curious how that lands for you all, or if that is an analogy that doesn't perhaps fit. That I feel like is the closest definition that I like, that makes like a very clear sense to me that that faith in itself always requires trust or can be trust or is interchangeable with trust. But not all forms of trust necessarily are faith. I think that feels right. I'm seeing some nods as well. Okay. Well, this also this also lifts up another theory of mine. Great. And and it's gonna in it to me it is is I almost feel like faith is like energy. You can't necessarily destroy it. You just kind of shift in which way it's going at a given point. Um, and so that there's always faith in something whether it is faith that it's not going to work out or faith that um it never will or, or faith in a person or faith in a thing and i want so i wonder if faith in something um even if that is the lack of something faith always exists it's just where you shift the energy when you use it that that i don't know why that came to mind but that's what it kind of felt like for me as we were discussing it reminds me so much of a Doctor Who episode where there was a space alien that fed on people's faith. Um, it was a really interesting episode. <laughs> I just watched that this week. I'm watching Doctor Who for the first time, side tangent. Oh my and god, was, that's exciting. And I was thinking about that, so I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was like, oh, wow. Interesting. Okay, sorry, I'm done. I love Doctor Who, so if you ever want to tell me what you think of your episodes as you go through, let me know. I'm fully in. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a question for you all, because I think 
um, I feel it and I can sense that sunshine feels it as well, but why, um, does Sokka and perhaps those of us that feel attached to how Sokka responds, um, why is he so judgmental? Like, what is that rooted in? What is, um, the judgment of people who have faith where, where does that come from? Why is that manifest? Uh, I'm, I'm curious what, what that stems from. I mean, if faith is like a, a subset of trust, I would say that Sokka has a lot of trust in things that he can back up. Like he has a lot of faith in himself um, in the jet episode, I think um, that was talked about. Um, and he's also like Mr. Science and Reason Lover. So he has a lot of, he has a lot of trust in things that he can prove. So I agree, but I'm, I'm, what about that makes it so that he has like contempt for people who do believe in these things? Does that like, does that make sense as a, as a, maybe it's um, because he sees the world that way. He can't understand people who don't see the world that way. So when people are like, Oh, I believe in this thing that I can't see. Sokka's like, I don't compute. What do you mean? <laughs> And the judgment comes from there. I'm also wondering if while Sokka has faith in science, that he either struggles with faith, faith or a, a lack of faith or a lack of trust that because of his past trauma and experience with the water tribe, with his dad being gone off to war, that he's actually lacking faith in things that he can't see right because he doesn't know that his dad is safe on the battlefront so he struggles with obscure things on that aspect because of his family history and that a war is going on whereas science is something that's tangible to him whereas this type of faith is not and he's insecure with his own like family relationships and that he's lost faith because the fire nation killed his mother in something. Does that make sense? That's, that's, that is the direction that I was thinking. I, I think you put words to it that I would not have. Um, but I, I, I think that I would not argue that Sokka's perspective here is faith. I would argue that it's certainty. And that is the opposite of faith. <laughs> and so I, I'm, I'm sitting here going like, when anytime anyone is certain, I get a little icky, um, especially when it's a harmful belief, right? Um, and so I, I, I think that Sokka is like this, this question at the end of like, can your science prove why it rains? Yes! And I'm sitting here going like, yes, okay, this guy, he has a harmful way of thinking about faith. But I don't think that's representative of what faith does for people, right? So I, I'm, I'm curious about making sure that we, how do we like find that line where 
I, I have contempt for people who cannot critically think and accept new information, <laughs> but also I really don't feel comfortable with condemning something that like, what, what, what harm is it that this guy's wearing red shoes every day? Like what harm is that causing? And is he experiencing life giving, uh, is he having a better experience of his life with that hope? And is that making him better? Right. And so I, I think that I'm really worried that when we judge people about their faith, that we are doing the same thing <laughs> that the people who are so faithful that are like, Oh my God, you're going to hell. I'm sitting here going like, well, that's the same thing. That's not, that's not good either, but okay. I'm, I'm done. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't. Okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> so I think, I think the red shoes thing is so interesting. It's such an interesting um, question. Um, Cause like, I don't know, like if you guys were posed this question, like, Oh, like when you meet your like true love, you're going to be wearing red shoes. Would you guys wear red shoes every day? Or would you like, say, you know, today feels like a red shoe day. And I feel like if you go more on like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to wear red shoes every day, but I'm going to pick like these days where it feels right. Does it create more anxiety on those days? Because it's something that you know, you don't typically do. And you're doing it based on even more of kind of a leap of faith. And when it if, it, if it doesn't work out that day, you're more disappointed. Or are you like spreading out that kind, that faith and saying like, you know what, I'm going to wear red shoes every day this week. So I'm like, you know, each day if I come home uh, and I didn't meet my true love, it's not a big deal because I have, you know, six other days this week that it could happen. I, I just think that's a really interesting conundrum. Welcome to divinity school. This is like this, like this is it. Right. And so it's, I, I think it's a matter of interpretation, right? So I meet sunshine every day. I, I come into contact with him and I meet with him every day. Right. And so what is the, what, like, what is the interpretation we're going to go with? Because the people who, again, coming from a Christian, like education, I'm saying, okay, well, if you interpret the Bible literally, then you're going to be locked into specific things that it's not going to be helpful. But as soon as you shift the interpretation, just a little bit, all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's way more life-giving. <laughs> and so what if it means that, oh, I really love this person. I want to wear red shoes when I, when I meet them today so that I can uh, confirm this, this belief that I have. So like, you know what I mean? And so like, I, I think that the way we interpret faith and the things that are feeding into our faith is integral to our relationship with it. Um, thoughts, other thoughts. I think I have an answer for so the soccer question that was earlier proposed. Um, and I think for me, it's, uh, I think it's the inaction that 
creates that in Sokka. We see from the very beginning that Sokka is going to take action when he feels like it's in the in the benefit of the people that he loves and the people that are around him. Um, whether that is taking on a Fire Nation ship by himself, like he's going to act if he feels like that that is necessity um, for good and for bad. And so I think when you realize that like people could get harmed due to inaction, that becomes frustrating. And so then it becomes a vendetta on the catalyst to all of that, which is the fortune teller, regardless of whether or not the fortune is creating harm. But that was the 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 emphasis of where he was at. And I and I and I very much connect with that as well. Like, yeah, wear right shoes every day if you want to. Like that is unless that is harming you specifically, which I have no way of knowing if, if you're putting more angst onto yourself or anxiety onto yourself by doing that, then like, if that brings you joy, wear red shoes every single day. Absolutely. Um, not being willing to move your family out of the way of a volcano because someone said, oh, it's not going to hurt you. Well, then that becomes a problem, right? And so um, I think that's where I think of, it makes me think of gun violence in America, to be honest, right? Like, thoughts and prayers. Oh, I wish there was something we could do. We'll just have to pray about it. Well, it's like, no, at, at a certain point, like, no, we got to do, we have to do something. Right. And so, um, I think that that is a point where Sokka is at when it comes, especially when he feels like he's seeing other people harmed. Um, so that's my answer for Sokka. For me personally, I, when I feel like there's healthy forms of faith, just like there are, there's good theology out there and there's, harmful theology or harmful views. I think there's harmful versions of faith. Um, I think that faith can sometimes allow you to remove accountability from a situation um, for good and for bad. Uh, and when you do that and kind of displace yourself from that, that faith can be a, um, a barrier to connection. It can be something used to cause harm. But I think anytime that we, um, that faith gets to be a crutch or an excuse to not hold ourselves accountable to causing harm um that is also an issue right and I, we see that so uh, oh you know that that was god's plan and it's like no there were there are plenty of things leading up to that that we could have changed about our own behavior that like maybe would have worked out better and so i think that's where my my frustration and why i connect with Sokka like comes through in those moments I feel like this episode was funny when it aired, but it's less funny in the era of like anti-vaxxers and people doing actual harm because they choose to believe things based on faith rather than based on proof. Mm. That sucks. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um a thought to add on to the the mention of inaction but going back to the red shoe guy i wonder if because he wears the shoe every day that it gives him maybe not a false sense of confidence but he's more likely to be out not outside of his values but be more outgoing and confident that it kind of draws others to him like thinking of the interaction he had with Sokka he seemed very confident and like not bothered that he wore these shoes every day because this was just like him living his best life and eventually he's going to meet you know his partner and he's got total faith in that but I think there's like that 
external like drive or push because he was told wear these shoes and then he received like this this confidence boost which again goes to the what is where does the harm begin and then how do we deal with that right and i i i also was thinking a lot about action right and so like in order to lean in the faith we have to take action to ensure that what we believe comes to pass which is the whole kind of premise of ang taking control um at the end and then i'm always like you know you can shape your destiny right um which i i think i wonder i i I have a lot more <clears throat> faith in Aunt Wu after rewatching this episode through this lens because I think she knows exactly what she's doing. I think she believes that she's giving this town and the people in it. I think she believes that she's giving them hope, right? And that hope is inspiring faith in her, right? And does it serve her? Yes. Is she being paid? No. But does she have a nice place to stay with a lot of attention and a lot of perks? Yes. And so like, is there incentive for her to make sure that people are uh, enjoying their lives and growing? And like, yes. But also I'm sitting here going like, I think she's got something right because she clearly didn't know he was the avatar. Maybe she did, but like all of a sudden she's able to do this bone reading. It blows up. She's truly excited about it. And I think that was real. And she's like, let me interpret this. This is like, I like, she's got some sort of skill. Right. And. Is she more talented than professor Trelawney? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, so all that to be said, I think that on Aunt Wu, like knows when she's offering somebody something that is, this is a piece of platitude that I think is going to serve you because you seem really, you don't seem very confident. So I'm going to give you this thing to help you be confident. Right. Um, and I, I don't know that I see anything wrong with it. <laughs> I think when it leads to someone not bathing ever, that's a problem, right? Maybe she needs to like go in there and mean like, you're, you must've misinterpreted what I said. Did you know that Bob? And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, bathing, right? Cause there was that, that was the only one where I, that I saw that really felt like that's not life-giving. <laughs> um, and maybe that's my judgment coming in because I, I think that cleanliness is a important, but maybe it's not to everybody. Um, but I, mm, I, I don't know where I'm going. I, yes. Well, and this is, it's because now we're getting like diving into like religion, right? Which is not necessarily the point of this. Um, but I think, you know, sometimes we act to fix, I, I go back to like, are we doing things that we exist inside of our values, right? That's my like, that typically is what I view as life-giving. But then I recognize that like some values we believe we're living into um, based off of faith or anything else that like we believe we're living into those values. Um, but are we listening to people who are telling us that like we're not, that we're actually causing harm when we do those things? Um, I, it makes me think of like mission trips, right? Like that's kind of in my head where I go with, with that kind of thought process. It's like we believe we're living into our values but there could be other people saying like, actually you're committing a lot of harm when you do this. And we're like, no, 
Like, no, we're listening to our values. And I, I again, I, I kind of get that vibe from this village when it's a sense of like, no, it's cool. See, nothing bad happened. The village is still here. And it's like, yes, but not due to your actions, right? Due to the actions of others. And your actions actually could have caused a lot of harm. And so like, you should evaluate those actions or inactions or feelings or whatever else. And so faith, I also think also has to come with a pairing of constant um, self-reflection through that faith. Um, and what does that mean to, to you and the way that you engage with the world around you? And I think that's a incredibly important question, right? Does faith sometimes place the burden of action on those acting outside of your belief system? And if the answer is yes, you might want to reconsider your faith perspective. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I, that is very much a judgmental statement coming on my part. Please ignore if that is against something that you are believing in. But I, I, I believe <laughs> that when we have uh, the burden of action, right, that should be on the person of faith, right? Um, and the, the problem is, I think what Sunshine was getting to earlier is sometimes that faith excuses action or removes the impetus to take said action. And so I, I, I think the, the crux of the matter is how do we discern, um, one, when we have faith in something, two, what it is precisely we have faith in, like what are our embedded assumptions, right? Whether it be faith-based in terms of like God or faith-based in terms of something that we believe in that is creating an assumption on how we interact with others, right? And then with that information, is that making it so that I'm not taking an action that I should? And if so, how do I take that action? What is that thought process like for you all? Is Are there steps missing? Are there, um, what, what are um, thoughts? It reminds me so much of that story um, that I struggled to call it a parable, but it was a, uh, a guy who was like stuck on a roof while a flood came through and then a boat came and he was like, no, thanks. God will save me. And then another boat yes. came and he was like, no, thanks. God will save me. And then he got to heaven and he was like, why didn't you save me? And God was like, I sent you two boats. What, what, what do you yeah. want? Yeah. I view that so much in just in the way that like conversations around COVID and vaccinations, right? Like, I don't need to get vaccinated. God will protect me. He did. It, like, if that is your belief system, he did. He created the people who created vaccines for you to like. He did. And so, like, don't ignore those things. Um, you know, faith is there's so much because I guess faith can also be can coexist with hope. Right. Not to convolute our definition even more so. But the power of hope is massive. Right. Like how many times have we just felt like it, a tinge of hope and that has gotten us through whatever we were going through? And so there's such a benefit, I think, to believing in something bigger than yourselves, to putting faith in other people, to putting faith into other things like there's such a benefit to all of that. And it can bring calmness and stillness and all of these things. But you also just have to keep reflecting on how that evolves over time and what that means when it comes to your inaction and action. Um, but I think that goes back to the way that Ben talked about how are we treating others 
who have faith and what that means to them and how they navigate that, right? Like laying into the red shoes guy. I love that. He's kind of become like a mascot of this episode. It feels like, um, but like laying into the red shoes guy, like there, why, right? No purpose comes from that. No joy comes from that, except for stealing someone else's joy. Um, just by laying into him, I, I feel like, and, but there are other versions of that through this episode that are like, Nope, those could have caused harm. Um, not to go too far down on a side tangent, but like, and I think it's also worth noting that we legitimately don't know if Aunt Wu's predictions are correct or not. Right? We like, are. Actually, she legitimately could have that power in this universe. Yeah. Yes. And I and I think that we they can, breathe fire and redirect lightning. Anything is possible. I, so it's one of those things where. I think in order to critique, and this is what makes it so complicated, in order to critique faith, one must not come from a place of certainty, which means you have to have faith in something in order to critique faith itself, right? It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work unless you are engaging with it. And so, um, I just, I want to lift up that this is something that people have been debating for thousands of years at this point, and we will not solve it now. Um, with that in mind, um, what, if anything, must we cover before we head into our devotion? Well, I just think it's interesting. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the fact that Katara and Aang didn't let Sokka under the umbrella because of his refusal to accept that, you know, Aunt Wu predicted it was going to rain, so she sent the umbrella. Because it feels kind of like a reversal of his stance. But I feel like circumstances are kind of different when you're the one believing and you're sort of ridiculing the person doesn't believe. I think that Katara was being a petty little sister and Aang had a crush on petty little sister. And that's how that happened. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a moment for me that it's, it's, is what's inside act with inside your value system. And that, that seems like a moment that is an acting outside of value systems. Like it shouldn't matter what, if, if you believe that he should be able to be under the umbrella and that's a caring thing to do, then his belief that it wasn't going to rain or that it wasn't necessary. Isn't necessarily a good to keep him out of that is not something that I would do. Maybe I would, but I would hope I wouldn't. Right. Like, I, I certainly did when I was all, that age. There's certainly times where you're like, sucks to suck, right? Like, and you walk away. Like, and I've definitely said that within my last year of living to someone. So it's probably been to Ben, but that's just how heated Magic the Gathering games get, you know? Uh, being the youngest sibling of seven, I can very much speak <laughs> to the fact there is pettiness that happens between siblings and we are not always our best selves to each other. As a middle child can confirm. As the youngest of four, I, I don't know. I got away with murder. 
here. I would just like to point out I'm an only. No, Solar yeah, run, I, totally the way to go. I, I'm an older <laughs> sister, so yeah, I get the sibling dynamics. Um, all right. Speaking of, just totally an aside before we, uh, while y'all marinate rather on your earth and faith uh, goal setting for intention setting rather for this month. Uh, I would I, I think of it as brining. Sure, go ahead, Brian. Brian, all you want. I uh, <laughs> recorded the episode for tomorrow's release uh, a couple hours ago, and then I watched this episode, and the next episode came on, and this next episode is about calm and stillness. And literally in the next episode, Iroh's like, see, isn't it nice to just be calm and sit still while we drink this tea? And then Zuko, like, flips out because something happens and it's just one of those things where like that would have been the perfect moment to cite and then i i missed it oh well but now you all know anyway uh thoughts on earth and faith i feel like i put myself in a corner here because i i earlier said that i felt trust was much more grounded and faith was based on uncertainty um so i don't know how i can reconcile that distinction because i i don't know i'm i feel like i need like a little bit of time to get my thoughts together on this because i i associate faith so much with like a a sort of willingness to you know it's the it's like the 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 fairy dust you know it's like you're 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 stepping away from the the trust that you have in the ground and um believing in what you cannot see yeah i think that's kind of like it's it's been said it earlier is that there's there's a rigidity that you have to be willing to to be molded in or to kind of like it's more like it, it acts more like sand than it does the, like a hard surface where you have to be willing to move a little bit you have to be able to um shift viewpoints and learn from others this you can't just plant yourself and 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 be unwilling to move especially in, in something like faith um especially when it comes to the way that we're serving others and whether or not our actions or faith causes harm like you have to be able to to shift and move um like earth over time to to become what it's you know needs to be for the survival of of everything right so um I think for me, that's my, my kind of devotion is how do I remove the certainty and the things that I have felt so certain about for, for years or months or whatever it might be and, and, and make sure that I'm engaging in life in a way that has a, um, a willingness to shift and move and, and to be what it needs to be. Okay. I think I know what I'm going to say. We're going to see how it goes. So I think what I'm drawing from is because right now, how I'm processing faith, is it something that needs to grow and, but also be challenged that when I think of the connection with earth, is it, it's a type of earth that needs to be cultivated and taken care of just like your faith. Whereas in, if you have like really rocky ground, nothing is going to grow, right. Versus you have to sow the seed and you have to, you know, take care of the ground and add water to it. 
and then things can flourish and you know grow from the earth and i think that's how i'm connecting the two right now that with faith the foundation right which is earth needs to be taken care of and but they work together so like without one you can't have the other i think part of what i am coming back to uh in this conversation uh, and in light of what i've been you know in class discussing is ethics around this um the problem often falls down to it's hard to have a conversation with someone around what is ethical when someone's salvation is on the line meaning if you believe that by not interpreting the bible literally for instance that you will go to hell then you can't really combat that <laughs> like there there is nothing that i can say that is going to persuade you otherwise but what that does is i have to re realize this person is acting from a place of certainty and the question ceases to become oh this is a person of faith how do i have a conversation with uh, a harmful theology that it but it becomes rather a okay this is someone that believes something that is harmful and this is not something that i can engage with in a healthy way and so i have a lot more clear i have more clear boundaries around with the people that i'm willing to engage when certainty is on is on the line um and I, I think when I when I think about it from that perspective and the ethical way to move forward is leaning into the humility of, you know, when someone acts certain, me being certain is not helpful, right? Me modeling what it looks like to <laughs> be uncertain and have humility and I, I don't know what if what you're saying is true, but if it is true, then a lot of people are going to be really struggling. And <laughs> I that 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 that's really harmful and it's scary. And so um, I guess all of that to say is from a foundational standpoint, I think that it's helpful to to know the difference between faith and certainty. And I want to continue exploring um, how those two are related so that I can have a stronger foundation when I am engaging in conversations like that. Daniel, I want to give you the opportunity to share if you'd like. Um, I have two assignments due this week, so I did not prepare any remarks. But if I think of any, I'll put it in the Facebook group. <laughs> not prepare remarks, indeed. Okay, great. Uh, and then that leaves us with our final practice of gratitude. Um, I want to just invite you all to think of someone in this episode that has given you something to think on or chew on or has modeled something that is um, special to you. And then to lift that up for all of us so that we can be grateful as well. Red shoes guy, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I don't know if we need to like, go over 
anymore because I feel like it's been sort of a recurring thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. He's he's definitely a a good symbol for this episode. I'm I'm grateful for Sokka because I feel his pain. Like I'm dealing with a cousin who is an anti-vaxxer and it's struggle. And I just I have a lot of empathy for trying to convince people who are very steadfast in unfounded beliefs. I suppose. I don't know if my gratitude is for one specific person, but at the end, well, near the end of the episode, after Aang and Katara bend the clouds to show a fortune, that how the village steps into, okay, the earthbenders gathered in order to protect the village, they all take action. And I suppose the fortune teller is the reason that they were able to take action, right? Because of her reading that cloud. So I suppose in some ways I'm grateful that she reread the clouds or was able, not necessarily, she didn't say she was wrong, but she was like, look, this is what the new sign is. And then the villagers just listened to Sokka's plan with no question because of her leadership and her willingness. And I think that faith is what saved the town. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Meng if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, the little girl who loved Aang. Um, she had faith, and I appreciate that faith, but she also recognized when reality played into that um, and realized that like, when Aang had feelings for Katara, she was like, yeah, cool. I'm going to keep living my life. That's so, like, cool. My my love is right around the corner. And I, there's, I think it's a good balance of what... F- what positive faith can be like. And I think that that's, she, she shows that well. And so that's mine. Hmm. That is my jam when people like the, it's so hard though. It's so hard to like, cause you like, <laughs> okay, sorry. That was good. Yes. I love how we model growth and change, change, believing change. Okay. I am grateful for so many things. Um, in the same way that we were grateful for you know red shoe guys for teaching us I'm also grateful for this first guy that they the group comes in contact with that's dodging the platypus bear Um, because he's not just sitting there uh, taking it right he is dodging actively right Um, so even though he's like, everything will be okay, he's still taking action. And when it gets to the point where like Aang steps in, he's like, okay, I'm going to sit down. <laughs> and then he does. And it's, I, so it's one of those things where I, I think I am just naming that as something that there are people who sometimes take action out of their faith without even realizing that they're taking action when if you had asked them, they probably would have said they wouldn't. Um, and so how can we take those moments and say, you did this and use that as a tool um, to potentially help people grow and, and see things differently.
Okay. Um, other thoughts for the good of the order? This has been a Patreon Live episode of Bending Not Breaking. I'm going to stop recording now. Until next time, be well, do good.